0: Quarterback Nathan Rourke joins us. Where do we find you today, Nathan?
1: Uh, I'm in Athens. I'm in I'm on campus, been there for a couple of weeks now. Would, would like to be home, but just based on what everything's going on, I'm, I'm here for now.
0: Let's go back to your time at Ohio University, first of all, because you had a bit of a winding road to get there, a unique one for sure, and then had an ultra-productive career with the Bobcats. When you look back on it. What stands out most to you in terms of memories?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's so many things that we were able to accomplish. I was so proud to be a part of three bowl-winning teams, one, three consecutive bowl-win teams. Um, I thought that every single year it was it, it was unique, had their own different things. But the the bowl games are really the best part about it. Being able to travel to different places in the in the U.S. and in the Bahamas and and be able to compete on a national stage was always really fun and they we were able to go to three and then win three was really really special and you capped your career off with a bowl win have you been eating potatoes ever since uh, <laughs> i was eating potatoes before but yeah that was <laughs> definitely has a as a more uh special significance now
0: <laughs> and then you get into the nfl draft process first step was going to the nflpa collegiate bowl what was that experience like
1: it was a super cool experience. Um, so on so many different levels um, that, you know, there's so many teams there that want to interview you and whatnot, crazy experiences there. Uh, but also being able to compete with other players in, in, that were hopeful, NFL hopefuls, but then also being able to learn Hugh Jackson's offense. He was the uh, the offensive coordinator and um, learning his verbiage of the West Coast offense a little bit and getting to call plays in the huddle, something that Ohio didn't ask me to do. Um, so learning that terminology and being able to, it, to, to, to spell it out and say it to uh, you know 10 other guys in a huddle was, was very unique and then being under center and doing all the I formation stuff and really learning a pro style offense was really fun for me. So, uh, and then being able to do that in the, in the, in the game, which was really fun. And so I had a really great time. And I think I, I had a, was able to talk to some teams and, and have um, uh, and, and make a good impression. I think in most people's eyes.
0: There's always a lot of talk at those all-star games about, the week that is and sort of picking up the offense quickly what was it like for you to learn Hugh Jackson's offense obviously been a head coach in the NFL before an offensive coordinator at a high level had some dynamic attacks but how tricky is it to go in there in one week and learn as you sort of alluded to something that's entirely different and do some things you've never done before
1: yeah the the good thing is that football is football so there's some things that like I that the concepts were the same they just called them, you know something different the biggest thing for me was learning the formation uh, something that i didn't really have to call again um and so what i did is you know the first day was really heavy install obviously a bunch of new things we went to a walkthrough i remember the uh the night uh on sunday night we were going to have practice our first practice on the monday and uh, sunday i was really lost i didn't really know what i was doing so i had to go i spent a lot of time after that um after the interviews and everything and Spent time going through the script, saying it out loud, uh, walking through it myself, so that on Monday I didn't make complete fool of myself. And, and as as the week went on, uh, I got way more comfortable into the fact where I was in the game. Yeah, the coach would call the play, and he might get you know stumble on the word or, or call it a little bit different or a little bit wrong, and I'd be able to correct him in the huddle so that we were on the same page in in the game. And so um, I, I studied really really hard because it was something that was really foreign to me. But it was a good experience because I feel like moving forward into OTAs or rookie mini camp, whenever that may be, um, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, that that experience of working hard to learn terminology will uh, help me in the future uh, because I've already done it before and, and developed study habits and whatnot and kind of strategies to do so.
0: Can you take us through what a typical day was like at the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl? Because I feel like a lot of people think it's glitz and glamour and you end up getting able to play on tv at the end of the week but those are some long days there and you got to be on the entire time
1: yeah it was a very long days very long days waking up uh, pretty early around 6, 6 30 uh for breakfast going right to meetings um with our with our physician coach going over the script for today's practice uh team meeting uh going to practice which is which was pretty long and uh, I was fortunate to be, you know, a quarterback wasn't hitting or anything, but they're very long practices in um, very beautiful weather in, in Pasadena, California. And then we'd come back from that, have like uh, some time, a little bit of time off to kind of just relax a little bit. And then we'd have our evenings were pretty packed. They were, uh, we'd have uh, dinner, we'd have a speaker that we'd hear from. Uh, and then we'd have interviews for uh, with teams for such a long time where they would, um, where they would just ask you about w- w- your college career, some, some some questions, get some things out of the way. And Some of them were really cool. I got to watch some film and, and then uh, drop some plays with some people. And so that was cool. Um, but they, they really took up a, a big chunk of your time. So I was really getting to bed around 11, 1130. Uh, sometimes, when, and then I'd have to study, uh, you know, after that, you know, whenever I could. So I was just kind of go through, going through that script and making sure that I knew things. But, yeah, it was a long day. And, and I definitely, after that, uh, up really really well after that <laughs>
0: <laughs> I bet who was the coolest speaker that you heard from while you were down there
1: Ah, uh, man there was a lot of guys and I don't know if I remember uh any of the names but there were some guys that were really uh, charismatic and and were able to really good speakers and stuff like that really speaking about how to manage your finances as a young player in the league a lot of guys not used to having you know millions of dollars at their disposal and and how to be smart about that and then preparing for your next stage of your life after football, developing a career plan, um, just kind of those things. And then uh, we we heard from some former NFLPA players who've had success in the the NFL, which was really cool. Um, So there was a bunch of different guys. Some guys from – there was a speaker who developed the Netflix show All-American. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that show. He came back and – because he played at the NFLPA. now I think he was at the Dolphins most recently. Um, and so he helped, he helped develop that show because it's based on his life. And he came back and, 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 and talked to us. And so that was really cool about kind of the next stage of planning when you're in the NFL, planning for your next stage when football uh, ends up being done because you never really know. So that was a cool speaker. So that, that, that might be the one that jumps up to me.
0: You mentioned that your days were long, pretty much 6 a.m. to 11 p.m. at night. And it was largely at night when those NFL team interviews were taking place. What was it like going through that process? Like take us inside the hotel because it seemed like you were being pulled sort of by NFL scouts here and coaches there and everyone that you walked by that was interested.
1: Yeah, so we were in this big, like really beautiful hotel, but we were in this, in this hallway, this long hallway, and we had um, a place where we ate, and then we'd come out of the meetings where this big auditorium where we would eat. Um, or sorry, when we would do the, the meetings with the NFLPA uh, staff. And you came out of that and I was just, you know, you try to get back to your room, but there'd be, you know, a bunch of scouts on the side and they, you'd have like a name tag on and they would be looking for that because some of them haven't really seen you. And uh, they just pull you to the side and say, can I, can I get take 10, 15 minutes? You do one interview and then you'd be you you be trying to walk back to the elevators and then another person would take you. And um, some of them would set up, um, would text you and uh, set up the, uh, an interview that way and like a scheduled time. I did have a couple of those, but a lot of them were um, were, were just picking you off uh, off the in the middle of the hallway, and so it was pretty hectic because you didn't know how many you're gonna have every night. Um, and especially for me, I like to plan things out, and so I definitely appreciated those two. And took the time to, to schedule it, but it was also really cool to kind of just talk to guys and be able to interview you, uh, with people, which I thought, which I always think is a strength of mine. And so kind of just talk football, which I love to do
0: what were those interviews like were some of them more based on film or was it just to get to know Nathan as a person take us through that
1: yeah so a lot of them were just to check some boxes kind of figure out you know how hey, you have any office field issues um are you you know are you what's your status you're single you married you have kids kind of the, the moving situation if they did draft you what would that look like um and then just kind of check you know check some boxes about character what kind of a the team player you know uh, someone who's going to be able to come in and and help the team right away, what's his attitude you going to be like. And so a lot of, a lot of personality tests kind of see where you're at. Um, some tough questions as well. Uh, and they try to they try to trick you and kind of see how you, how your, how your brain works. Um, <laughs> so those are definitely tough. And, and it was fun talking with the other guys, kind of seeing what was the toughest question you got and how you answer it and whatnot. So that was cool.
0: How do they try to trick you?
1: Uh, they would say stuff that doesn't really make sense. Like they said, one my toughest question I ever got was a, a team asked me, um, so if we ever cut you, what will be the reason. And it's just, I mean, it's, a, I don't really know how you approach that, you know? So especially on the, uh, you know, w- you know uh, in the moment, it's tough to come up with something to kind of answer that. And so I think they try to see what the, how your mind works and how you think on the fly and whatnot and uh, try to get you to say something you probably shouldn't. Uh, but I, I, you know, I think there's, there's a good way of answering and I'm confident that I answered that pretty well.
0: And did some teams put you up on the whiteboard or watch some film and get you to go over some verbiage and dissect defenses?
1: Yeah, so that was really cool. There was only a couple teams that did that, but um, yeah, I had some teams that asked me to drop uh, a play. It uh, was team, one team that pulled up, uh, uh, that pulled up uh, some film, and we went through it and wanted me to talk about it. So that was really awesome as well. Um, so I, that, those, are the ones, those are the ones that I, I enjoyed the most was the ones that we talked football.
0: Were there any scouts or coaches that you talked to that kind of gave you big eyeballs? Like, I can't believe I'm talking to this guy who's either coached in the league for a while or had played in the league and transitioned down to coaching or the front office.
1: Um, I, I mean, it was just cool talking to NFL teams. Honestly, I, I, I didn't. There wasn't many coaches there. A lot of them were scouts at that point. But um, you know, it's a smaller bowl than you know the East-West or, or the Senior Bowl, but um it was still really cool to talk to nfl teams and just kind of text my dad throughout the time just kind of keep track of it but also to just kind of let him know how it was going and kind of texting him a list of nfl teams that i had talked to and that was really awesome but i mean i talked to a guy from the patriots and and we had a really good conversation and like leading up to the interview about you know coach belichick and the what the 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 patriot way is and whatnot and because i just love that thing i love the idea of that and whatnot and we kind of bonded about that so that I thought I mean I, at least I think so so um it was a really good conversation with him so I that was probably my, the coolest one because he also pulled up film and um so that, that was really fun. So you might be in line to take over for Tom Brady? I I, I don't know but I I hope I mean that'd be a cool situation to be in. Overall
0: how many teams do you think you spoke with or interviewed with while you were at the PA Bowl?
1: I, I'd say probably 15 to 20.
0: And then how integral was that considering that you had a pro day scheduled for March 17th, but obviously with the coronavirus and lockdown and government restrictions, that wasn't able to happen. So how crucial was it for you to have that opportunity to meet with those NFL teams in person considering now that your pro day was canceled?
1: Yeah, I think it was huge. I think that a lot of teams want to come and see you in person, shake your hand, get to know you as a person um and obviously a lot of teams want to see you throw i know even for division one coaches a lot of teams won't offer a quarterback unless they've seen them throw in person and so they want to be able to do that um but obviously some teams i know that i've talked to have, have called me and, and said that they wanted to come and see me at my pro day and wanted to talk to me afterwards get me on the board and stuff like that um, those are some of the teams that weren't in the nfl pa bowl but the teams that i did talk to at the at the nfl pa bowl were were uh, it was really good to be able to talk to them and and have them get to know me a little bit and talk football and watch film with some of those guys. Um, So I think that was definitely an advantage and I think it's more beneficial now uh, looking back on it.
0: What did you do in the time between the NFL PA Bowl and leading into your pro day, although it was canceled, you had a virtual one. We'll get to that here in just a minute, but what did you do in that time in the middle? Because, you know, I sense that you were hoping to get an invite to the NFL combine. Was that close? And aside from that, what were you doing to sort of continue moving forward?
1: Yeah, the NFL Combine, uh, the lack of an invite was definitely tough. I, I looked at the the amount of quarterbacks that were invited this year, and uh, there wasn't as many as there has been in the past. So I definitely thought that um, you know you know it would have been cool to be able to go there, especially for the interviews, just to be able to talk to teams and have them get to know me and stuff. Uh, but it is what it is. Um, I was training in Nashville. Uh, for um about six weeks leading up to 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 the, our scheduled pro day and we were going over combine drills you know the 40yard dash our, our shuttles uh broad jump you know vertical jump and, and just kind of lifting and, and getting really strong and so it was really cool a lot of position work as well getting accustomed to uh, three uh, three step under center five step seven step play action boots all that different stuff that maybe i hadn't done when i was at ohio um, so that was really cool and so i, I think that and that's stuff that we, we continued to wrap um, even after everything was canceled just to make sure that we were able to do it and that we could get video on it and be able to circulate that to all 32 teams.
0: And you eventually did that with what people, I guess, are calling now a virtual pro day. When and where did that take place and how did you execute it?
1: Yeah, so we did. Uh, we tested all of the uh, the combine drills. So our, the, the shuttle is a 40-yard dash. We timed and timed all that. They measurements, the height and the weight. We did that in Nashville, and that's really credit to uh, Jordan Lou Allen, who's the guy who trained me at, at Boost uh, in Nashville. He set that all up, got some former scouts, former GMs to come in time and, and add uh, credibility to the whole event um, just so that we could send it out and have some validity behind it. So we did that in Nashville, and then um, then I went back to Athens and had some teams request me to fill my pro day positional work. So I did a script of about 50 throws with some receivers, uh, filmed that in, in Ohio and Athens, and was able to send that out as well. So that's how we really attacked that.
0: What former GMs were there in Tennessee? Uh, it, was a, it was a former Titan GM. Ah, that really helps because a lot of people have been talking about, well, has the video been doctored or guys really running you know, the full 40 yards? But for you to have former NFL front office guys there – who could relate and say, Hey, this is legitimate. I was there. I saw it with my eyes. How beneficial is that to you?
1: Yeah, I think it was good. I think it was great. I mean, the the tough part was is that it was outside. It was, it was not the ideal conditions. It was because of everything that was happening, gyms being closed, including the gym that we trained at for about six weeks, that was closed. We couldn't do it there. Um, so we had to do it outside on a baseball field, uh, turf field, but it was, a it wasn't the ideal situation. Um, it was windy um and uh it was cold and so no one uh, i think performed as well as they would have hoped um, but it was better than at this point we're kind of saying this a lot but it's better than nothing and so um we were just hoping to be able to uh to to maybe some checks and boxes that some teams were asking questions about um, but hopefully they understand the circumstances they understand what the conditions were like and um and and uh, just look at film more than anything i think do
0: you want to share any of your official numbers maybe height and weight and Forty, because you're a pretty good runner.
1: Yeah, well, I, like I said, I, I didn't run as well as I would have liked. Uh, I was running really fast times when I was training, and um, and uh, so I was disappointed when, when when I went into that into the Nashville Combine and, and wasn't able to to get that um, out, of, uh, out of the best times out of that. Um, but I mean, I think if you look at the film, I think you turn on the film, you look at the Marshall game. Uh, I had some, you know, every single year of, the, of my career, I had a you know seventy yard plus run. Uh, and you know against really high level competition, and so um, I, I think that my I've always always been faster in the game, anyway, So I'm not really too worried about the time. Yeah, what were some of the times that you were running fast in training? Yeah, I was hoping to run in the low four sixes. Um, that that was what I was I was hitting that, and um, and you know I I ran a, a laser time that was just around there, and so um, to 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 not run that um, when they were videoing it and sending it out was disappointing.
0: But considering the rain and all that, it's easy to see that you're clearly in that range. And as you said, you can just see when you turn on the tape. And there's a clear difference between track speed and the 40 and game speed. And you've shown that in terms of being a runner at Ohio University. So you have your virtual pro day. What's been going on since then? Because from what I've heard from scouts on both sides of the border, you've had a number of calls, been talking to teams and are impressing in interviews it's almost like you treat it like you're interviewing these teams. I've heard you're taking notes out there and really impressing front office people that you're talking to.
1: Yeah, I mean, every single interview that I do is important to me. I want to understand what kind of situation it would be um, if I were to end up there. Uh, so, you know, so I take it with that kind of mindset. That's the kind of uh, mindset that I took when I was looking at Division One schools as well. Obviously, they're the ones who can offer me. And, and right now, um, you know, NFL teams, CFL teams are the ones who would who would draft me. So, um, but I, you know, it's just as much as for me to be able to understand what kind of situation I'm getting into what kind of quarterbacks are on the roster. Uh, what I would just kind of not going into something blind, I think for, you know, showing teams that I'm prepared. And I think if you can make an impression on teams and say, this is how I seriously, I take, you know, something like an interview that might not be um, be as important as something else um, saying, this is how, I, how important I take this interview imagine how important I will uh, take things when I are on in your facilities, I'm on your, in your program. And, um, and that's really the message that I want to, uh, to, to tell teams and from, I want them to get from me.
0: What's the feedback that you're getting from NFL teams in terms of where do they see you in terms of a pro style quarterback and being an NFL quarterback? And do you have a feel for when you could potentially come off the board in the NFL draft?
1: Yeah, it's tough to tell right now. I'm hoping for more things to uh, develop. Um, I, you know, I have talked to to many teams. My agent has heard from many teams with some positive feedback, um, and, which is really really good. And um, I, I really don't know. I'm I'm hoping you know maybe maybe in the seventh round, but definitely having an opportunity to to get on a, on a team maybe as a priority free agent. Um, that that'd be a good situation as well because then we get to pick the situation uh, that we're going into. Maybe the, the you know one less quarterback or a better situation to make the roster, um, which is fine. But, you know, when you're a seventh round pick here, you don't get really, really pick, uh where, where you end up. So we're okay with that no matter what happens, and we're trusting God's plan in that.
0: So it might almost be better in that undrafted free agent scenario where you have multiple offers and you can look at the quarterback depth chart and say, I'm going to go here because I can see myself competing legitimately for a roster spot. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that's 100% right. That, I mean, that's I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, there's a, there was a great uh, a documentary on Tony Romo on his the Football Life NFL Network put out. And um, it, it, basically that's how his situation went as well. He was an undrafted guy. Um, he had, it really came down to the Broncos and the Cowboys for him. And, and uh, the Broncos were actually offering him more money. But he knew that he had a better chance to make the team with, with Dallas. And so he went with Dallas. And so uh, that'd be something that I could see myself doing as well. Uh, because I really just want to make a team and make a 53 and and be able to put myself in a position to play.
0: The Canadian Tony Romo. Yeah. (laughs) Have teams been talking to you at all about your athletic ability in the sense of we've seen the emergence of Taysom Hill. And in Canada, Chris Strebler did some wonderful things with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and their run to the Great Cup, and that earned him an opportunity with the Arizona Cardinals. So are they looking at you in that way that, yes, you're a skilled quarterback, but you could also potentially help be a playmaker in other ways on offense?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I've, I've heard from some teams that wanted me to, to do some different things in my pro day, wanted me to see me running routes, asked about some special team stuff. Um, and uh, asked if I was willing to do that, uh, catch the ball, uh, do some things like a Taysom Hill. So uh, I definitely think that's uh, more a compliment more than anything to my athletic ability, and, um, and which is which is great. Um, you know, I, I love I love playing quarterback. I love I love doing those things, but it's, it's all about you know what can I do for a team and and how can I fit in with them.
0: I believe you do have a touchdown catch from your time at Ohio, right? I have two actually. Two. <laughs> My mistake. Yeah, yeah no way. <laughs> so did you tack that on the back end of the highlight film, maybe, that you sent out to NFL teams?
1: Yeah, I, I, I probably should have, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, a lot of people are going to look at you up in Canada and kind of wonder, well, will Nathan Rourke ever play in the CFL? I mean, majority of people are hoping that, you get an NFL shot, which is legitimate and make a roster down there. But how are you viewing the CFL right now? Because you've been interviewed by a number of teams from North of the border.
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously I, I grew up in the, in Canada. I have a tremendous respect for the CFL. I have, I mean, I follow the CFL. I know guys that are in the CFL. Um, I have some uh, guys that I play with right now. who are going to be playing in the CFL hopefully soon. And so there's nothing against the league at all. Um, but you know, Obviously, you want to play with the best of the best, and that's the NFL right now. And so we're going to exhaust all options with the NFL um, and then see what, see what it takes us. I just know that I, I want to play, and uh, I know that there's going to be an opportunity for me in the CFO as well. And no matter where I'm playing, I'm going to give my full effort and, uh, and contribute as much as I can, and, uh, and then we'll see what happens.
0: The new NFL CBA has opened up more active roster jobs and even practice roster spots as well. Do you feel like that could benefit you in terms of sticking with the team?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, Brandon Bridge has done some some really good things in terms of highlighting the the problems with, um, you know, with the, with Canadian quarterbacks being counted or not being counted as as Canadian. And I think that the more that we can do that, the better it is for players like myself uh, where we can count quarterbacks as Canadians and, um, and I think that will, you know, be able to grow the uh, position in Canada, um, and, I, you know, I, I think that's great, and I think it's beneficial to myself and, and to many players like me.
0: You were a young kid
1: growing up in Oakville, Ontario,
0: and set out for Alabama. When you made that decision, were you picturing yourself in this position now as a prospect for the NFL draft with a chance to get a legitimate look at the NFL level?
1: Uh, I mean, I, I don't really know. I've, we're, I've, I've never been the guy who looks too far in the future. I, I knew that I wanted to play in the NFL, and, and it's crazy now to think that I'm so close to being able to to realizing a dream of mine that, that I've had for such a long time. Everything that I did in terms of moving to Alabama, going to junior college, trying to get to a Division One team was to set myself up to potentially be in this position now and play professional football because this is all I've ever wanted to do. And, um, and so it's tough to say that at that point that I exactly pictured it right, um, exactly turning out this way, but, um, I'm so fortunate for the people in my life that have been able to make that possibility and have supported me along the way.
0: What are you doing right now in terms of staying in shape and being ready for when that call comes from an NFL team?
1: Yeah, it's tough. You have to be creative, definitely. Cause there's not too much that's open. I know that our campus is closed. Our facilities are closed and, um, just trying to to stay in shape as much as possible, doing the workouts that I need to work out on, and um, doing the doing speed stuff, running around, um, you know, throwing the, throwing the football as much as I can. Um, you know, I've got some some targets and stuff like that that I can throw to, so I don't actually have to a throw to a person. But it's tough because there's not a lot of people here, and um, and you're trying to self isolate and kind of be safe and everything, and, and for not only yourself but for other people, especially those at risk. and um and it's tough but I mean I think that this is a, a time where you really kind of figure out you know who are the guys who are really working and because if you're really working you really like what you're doing and I'm hoping that that's what I can can, can show uh NFL teams and CFL teams.
0: what might a typical workout day look like for you in terms of obviously keeping your body in shape but throwing is there sort of a number of sets and reps and different movements that you're going through and then you try to get a certain amount of throws in every day or do you sort of put a number on it so you're not exhausting your arm?
1: yeah i um that's a good question i i I, i've been the last couple of years especially when i was at ohio during this time of the year i I would only throw a couple times a week so about three three four times a week and so i kind of stay with that trying to give my arm um, rest but not overdoing it um obviously you want to get the reps but not overdoing it like you would in a season. Um, you want to be able to rest it and make sure you're ready to go. Um, so that's kind of the approach that I've taken now. Um, I, I do a lot of the things. I want to make sure that I'm getting a three or five and a seven step drop under center, just to make sure that I know it. Cause I've done for three years, I've done shotgun. I've done play action stuff from shotgun. I've done those things uh, from Ohio cause they asked me to do it. Um, but I haven't, you know, so much done those things. So I want to make sure that I'm doing well with that. stuff. Uh, Footwork's huge. And then just, you know, I spent some time in California um, with some quarterback guys who were telling me uh, exactly how to throw, how to be able to incorporate my lower body into my throwing motion, take some stress off my arm, and just be more consistent and more efficient with my motion. And so it's a lot of mechanical things that I'm still trying to make sure that I'm doing and getting better in that regard, because I want to get to the point where every single throw that I make is effortless. And, um, you know, I've definitely felt that feeling, but I, I'm not it's not a consistent thing, so there's definitely things that I'm just doing to try to get to that point uh, mechanically, but also just trying to get a rhythm in my feet.
0: And what's on the schedule between now and the NFL and even, we'll say, the CFL draft? I feel like everyone has seen Jerry Jones, the Dallas Cowboys owner, doing those virtual interviews on the big screen TVs. Do you have any of those lined up or is it more phone calls? Or what's on the schedule between now and the NFL draft?
1: Yeah. So I, I hopefully have some more zoom, zoom calls. I've had some calls with some CFL teams um, already and hopefully that some NFL teams I have one scheduled um, later today. And um, so I'm hoping to get more of those sit down with some coaches and talk some ball and stuff like that. So that'd be awesome. Um, but that's really the only thing that's scheduled is, is these interviews. And right now would be a time where they'd be, they do pre-draft thirties where they have, you know, every team has 30 um, uh, players or prospects that they can invite to, um, to their uh, facilities to, to go through film and to kind of meet them and get to know them and stuff like that. And that's a, this is the time that, that when that would be happening, and it's tough uh, right now that we don't get to do that. So teams are just kind of making it up with Zoom calls and uh, video chats or whatever you want to call them. So that's really what I have uh, in store. And then just staying in shape and, and, and waiting for my moment, hoping to go back home soon. I'd uh, love to be able to spend draft day um, or, you know, in April 23rd to 25th. Uh, with with parents, with my family, um, the people that have supported me the entire time, that'd be really awesome. But um, based on what's going on right now, it seems like it's not pretty. It's gonna be tough to do that.
0: Is that the plan to be with your family? Obviously, you would want to. But what's gonna decide whether or not you are able to be in Oakville for the NFL draft or have to stay in Athens potentially?
1: Yeah, the issue right now is um, that the rookie mini camps are supposed to, are scheduled. Currently, they haven't moved back yet, um, but they're currently scheduled to be the week after the NFL draft. And um, so, uh, if you know, if I was to go back home and then come back after I got drafted or I ended up that a certain team um, into the into the United States, I'd have to take a two-week self-isolation period uh, just because of based on everything going on. And um, that'd be kind of a tough deal. I don't want to miss out on anything. So, if the way that many camps are you know are scheduled now. Uh, I definitely want to maintain I want to stay in the state, so I don't have to take any time off and I can just go right to whatever I need to do. Um, but if they move that back and it's a more than two week window, and then I will, I will definitely be heading home. And, um, but if, if not, I'll just have to video call my, my parents and, and on draft day and go from there. but um, yeah it'd be much better to be home at that time.
0: Have you thought about at all what that moment would feel like? Whether or not you get drafted in the NFL draft or you sign an undrafted free agent contract, have you allowed yourself to go there at all?
1: Yeah, not not really. I don't want to get my hopes up. Um, you know, I remember you know in that Tony Romo documentary that I was talking about. Um, or he he had a big party and draft day party for his for his uh, family and whatnot, and then ended up going undrafted. Undrafted, and and that's definitely a tough feeling so you know i haven't been told that i'm going to get drafted and um i know that there's you know pros and cons to being drafted um but obviously it'd be cool for someone for them to say my name and whatnot but um i'm just so excited to be able to have the opportunity and have the prospect of playing professional football something that i've dreamed about uh, for as long as i can remember <clears throat> excuse me and so um i'm just looking forward to being able to, to do that and continue to play football Well, you've worked hard
0: and come certainly a long way to put yourself in the position where you could potentially have your name called in the NFL draft or sign a contract and get a shot in the biggest football league in the world and have a nice backup plan in the CFL as well. So, Nathan, thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy schedule. Obviously, you talked about it earlier. You're zoomed in and focused on these interviews and have been impressing. So we really appreciate it and just send you some positive vibes down there. I appreciate it, Justin. Thanks for having me. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at hero.co.